the mark of an encounter. See, when you meet Jesus, there's a automatic change in your life. And what we have to understand is that in life, people seek tranquility. They seek this peace that only God can give. And in this week, there have been so many people who I am connected to who are going through situations, going through problems, going through things that require a sense of tranquility. I have people who are getting surgery, people who are going through depression, people who are going through so many things. And I have come to a decision that they're connected to me. So there, there has to be something that I have to do to support them. John 16, verse 33 says, that I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You see, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. You see, take heart is, is an idiom. Is an idiom which means to become confident or courageous during a difficult situation. Take heart becomes confident or courageous during a difficult situation. So in case difficult times come, we are not to run from it, but to stay in it. And I know that last Friday I, I spoke about the, the past as a dream killer. But we have to also flip the other side and look at the confidence and assurance on the good forms of the past, the blessings that have come, the people you have met, the things that God has brought you through, and looking back on and having confidence that if he did it before, he can do it again. We have to remember that the, the, the past is not always this deep, dark place of regret, but it's a place to remind us of where God has brought us through. So we have to get our confidence back, first and foremost. That if God did it then, he can do it again and again and again. Remember, exceedingly abundantly all <clears throat> we can ask for. But somewhere in life, we lost heart. That's why in the scripture, Jesus says to take heart. We, 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 we've lost heart. And that's because situations will come in which we, we get tired. We get stressed. We get discouraged, which lead to us having to take heart. Now, we, we have a look at the scripture again. He says, so that in me, you have peace. In me. You have peace. But the next sentence says, in this world, you will have trouble. So Jesus is saying, in me, you'll have peace. But in this world, you'll have trouble. So that must mean that outside of Jesus is chaos. I hope that, hope that makes sense. If he's saying, in me, you have peace, but in the world, you'll have trouble. If you're in the world, you're in chaos. You're in problems. You're in situations. You're in things that you have no business being in. But when you're in the realm of God... You have peace. The only way to remain protected is staying in the covering of Christ. Because in that covering, you have peace. You can be in trouble, but stay wrapped 
in him. Stay in the realm of Christ. Because when we think about it, we think about it in the sense that the quality of your life will reflect where your heart resides. The quality of your life will reflect where your heart resides. Now, it's one thing to talk it. It's one thing to say that you're doing this and say you're blessed and say you're going through things and you're going to get through. But where does your heart lie? Is your heart wrapped in God? Or is it wrapped in your actions? Is it wrapped in the performance to get people to believe you're okay? Or is it wrapped in the fact that I'm going through some things? I'm going to get through it. But in these moments, I, I have to understand where my heart lies. So the time being, I'm over it. I'm over it. And there are three things this morning that we have to get over. From now going on for why end this devotion you have to declare you're over it. The first thing that we have to be over is people's opinions. And, and I struggle with this myself. That I have a mindset sometimes that anything said to me is considered an attack. As a teacher, I, I, I understand this too. That there's a difference between constructive versus condemning. And, I, and we have to change the way we speak and how we say things, how we interpret what people are saying because we take everything as an attack when it's not what we want to hear. But that doesn't mean that it's an attack. But outside of that, we have to stop placing people on pedestals they don't deserve. Nobody, nobody at all should have the power to speak over you and destroy what God has placed in you. Nobody in this world should have that power to speak over you and destroy what God has placed in you. So everything that you are cannot be wrapped up in people. It can't be. Because the book of, I think, Proverbs says, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. We can't put all that we have in people. Because fear of people's opinions is a result of personal insecurities. I think Paul says it in Galatians. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Is my focus on pleasing and making sure I look good for people? Or making sure I look good in the, in, in, in the sight of God? Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. We got to get over people's opinions. Because we have to understand who God intended us to be was never meant to fit in. And people please like to fit in and be in that circle and be liked and all those things. But what God intended for us was never meant for us to fit in. So if we are intending to live a better life, it's going to require us to leave people behind. If we don't leave people behind, what ends up happening, we get pulled behind instead. That's when people become stagnant and they want you to be that same person you were years ago. That same person they can just hit up or, or reach out to all them. They want you to be that same exact person. But if God has called you to do more, it requires you to leave people behind. 
the second thing, we're leaving for the first thing that we're over, we're over people's opinions. The second one, I want to highlight this again. The second one is pressure. A friend of mine was going through so many things yesterday. And the devil distracted her. And she did not know how to go through it. It came back to pressure. The world can only tell us how to cope with pressure. But God teaches us how to convert the pressure. Coping. When you're smoking, you're drinking, you're eating, you're, you're, you're having sex. You, that's how you cope with pressure. Because after those things end, you come back at that same problem, that same feeling. God wants us to, 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 to convert the pressure and not cope with it. But what are you using to cope with pressure? Because the problem isn't the pressure, it's being mindful of who put the pressure on you. Let me give you a very, very clear example of, of, of pressure. When Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he goes to pray, he says, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. That means in his mind, Jesus is reflecting on what he's about to go through. The crown of thorns. Being whipped. Being nailed to a cross. Being crucified. He's seeing it before it happens. And he asks God. If it is possible. Let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will. But as you will. Because he understood that God was the one. Who was applying the pressure. And in pressure. Pr- pressure produces purpose david and goliath pressure produces purpose god doesn't always have to break you to use you the last thing problems and problems keep us humble but we have to understand that we want faith that fixes our problems but god wants faith that changes our lives because every time there's a problem god calls someone whether it be Joseph, Job, Abraham, Jesus, he calls them as the examplers, as the, the persons who can step up and handle problems that shows that if you have faith that's unmovable, it will change your life and the people's lives around you. I'm over it. I'm completely over those things. And I understand that, that all things are working. His word says that you can stand. He'll cover you with his grace. Everything you need is in your hand. But all you have to say is all things are working for me, even the things that I can't see. Eyes have not seen nor ears have heard because his ways are so beyond us. But it's for our good. So I encourage you. I speak peace. I speak against those things that are crippling you right now. Whatever it may be, whatever things you're trying to use to cope with, whatever pressure you're going through, whatever problems you have, whatever people's opinions that have constricted you, I speak over and I bind it this morning. Because we're not going to grow. We're not going to maintain focus if we first don't accept that we are over those things. I'm over it. Because all things work together for those 
for them who love the Lord. If I am connected to you, you understand this very clearly. That all things work for my good. And the anointing that I have flows onto you and for you flows onto other people. Because all things work for my good. Because if God said it, God will do it. I'm over it. <laughs>